Thank you, Chairperson. Good afternoon and good afternoon to honorable members. Chairperson, I had received an apology from uh, Ms. Doris Lagude, but uh, I, I, I'm a bit not sure now of what is happening because on the platform, it seems as if she's trying to connect. As you can see, her name there, but doesn't, and it, but it looks like it's giving her tough times, but that's the only apology that I have received. Thank you, Chairperson. Thank you, Mr. Ngoma. Well, that's a very good apology because I can see she's attempting to join. Uh, maybe she was apologizing that she might have difficulty in connecting, but I want to act, uh, welcome that apology. Um, colleagues, an agenda would have been circulated to all of us, which listed two matters. The first being a, a matter that we're going to get a brief report on from, from legal services which is about uh, a, an explanation on the matters of litigation. Uh, I, I, I call it a festival of letters. We would have received a festival of letters, but they are going to explain and summarize what all of those letters basically mean. And after that presentation, I will ask you to briefly comment on that. And the second item, uh, as expected, as part of our roadmap, the program of the committee, we, we were expecting here today to get a report on how far we've gone and whether we do have a, a, a report table in front of us indicating uh, the procurement of the external expert uh, to be responsible as, as evidence leader. Uh, those are the two items we've set for this, and obviously at the end, we'll deal with our minutes as we normally do. Without wasting any time, unless there's an, any matter that you feel is not covered, I would like to proceed immediately to, to point number one. Thank you. I don't see any end. Thank you. Let me proceed. Um, at this point, I'm going to ask uh, Mr. Silviwe Njigela, uh, as part of our legal services team, to get the ball rolling and, and really briefly just share with us um, what's in these letters um, that have been referred to this committee so that members can uh, pronounce on them. Uh, Go ahead, Mr. Njigel. Uh, th thank you very much, Chairperson, and good afternoon, members and colleagues on the platform. Um, <clears throat> Chairperson, I, I intend to be brief because, like you said, there is a festival of correspondence <laughs> that is going on. <laughs> and I do not intend to go into the merits of what is going on because that goes to the issue of the litigation strategy, which I don't think we need to discuss in public. But what I, I can just update the committee on is that, as the members may recall, on the 22nd, as you correctly stated, Chairperson, we briefed you that there were threats of an application for rescission. And that there is nothing at that moment as of 22nd 
that prevented Parliament from proceeding with this one. And on those bases, the committee took a decision to proceed, adopted its terms of reference. Since that date, Chairperson, on the 11th of March, we received an application to the Constitutional Court by the public protector, wherein she seeks direct access to the Constitutional Court. And some of the prayers are that the decision that the Constitutional Court made on the 4th must be rescinded. Now, the committee will be aware that Rule 42 of the rules of the court allow for a person to apply for a rescission. But that is normally limited to where there are errors that may have resulted in the judgment. But we have the application now, Chairperson, and the application as it is now is specific to the rescission of the decision by the Constitutional Court. We have since Chairperson filed our notice of intention to oppose it as Parliament, that we intend to oppose this application because we believe obviously that there are no merits to it. And we have since written a letter to the Registrar of the Constitutional Court wherein we place on record that the committee had made a decision to proceed and that if there are to be any directions from the court, those directions must be issued before the 4th of May so as to enable the committee to be able to proceed with its program if it decides to do so today. There has been further correspondence, Chairperson, and I, I, I noticed that you, some of it was addressed to you directly. And this is the correspondence I do not intend to go into for reasons of strategy, because it goes in terms of what we intend to approach the case. But we had a concern that there may have been some inaccuracies in some of the matters that were put before you. And this morning, we made an attempt to rectify those inaccuracies with the public protector's legal team. And the state attorney has confirmed that a, a, a letter has been addressed to clarify those issues in as far as they relate to what is called a purported or an in-principle agreement in terms of timeframes. From our reading of the correspondence that has been obtained up to now, the public protector seems to be saying, after today's meeting, depending on what the committee decides to do, they may file an urgent application to interdict the inquiry that the committee intends to proceed with. And we, we have no difficulty with that. We recognize the right of the public protector to exhaust whatever legal avenues are available. But we haven't received that application. We are hoping that in the next couple of days or hours, 
that that application will come. So as I'm speaking to you, Chairperson, all we have in front of us is an application for a rescission of the decision of the Constitutional Court. There is no interdict or application for interdict. Just before you conclude, I, I have a request on your behalf that uh, they think that you are raising very important matters such that they want to see me. <laughs> Go ahead. Get out of the hole. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, Chairperson. So, 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 Chairperson, like I was saying, as we speak now, no application for an interdict has been filed. Yet, if the application is filed, upon assessment of that application, Parliament will have to decide whether it opposes it or not. Mm -hmm. And I think, given the decisions that have been taken, it will appear that we will be entitled to oppose it. You will remember, Chairperson, that in 2020, when this litigation started, there was an application to interdict yeah. this yeah. process, which we opposed and successfully did so. So we suspect that we, we may have to do the same, even in this instance. And of course, we will be guided by our principles in terms of our so, Chairperson, that is where we are in terms of litigation. There is various correspondence that is being exchanged at the moment. I've just seen now a letter from the presidency on the same issue. But I think those are issues of strategies, Chairperson, that we need not engage in at this stage. Thank you very much, Chairperson. Thank you very much, Mr. Njigela. You're indicating that the festival is going on. Uh, appreciate that. Let me now invite the note members to comment on this. I will start with Honorable Nox Siabi, um, followed by Annali Lothrit and uh, Dr. Connie Mulder, in that order. Honorable Nox Siabi. The platform is yours. Thank you. Thank you, Chairperson. And let me appreciate the briefing that we just got. And uh, before I continue, let me greet all my colleagues who are on the, on the platform. Chairperson, in terms of the briefing that we just received, it goes without saying that uh, if I understood the briefing very well, it goes without saying that uh, there's nothing before us that compels us to stop the process. There's still an intention to interdict the process. And we can only stop the process as directed by the court of law after the office of the PP has successfully interdicted the process. So I would immediately suggest, Chair, that uh, unless we are adv advised otherwise, let's proceed with the process. But if we are interdicted, obviously, we will stop uh, the process because that will be a decision of the court of law. As to 
other letters directed to you and the president. We are not privy to the contents of the letter. Maybe one may not be able to comment sufficiently on that, but uh, it is out of the, the letter by the president or to the president is out of our hands. We can't do anything about us, but with regard to this process, which is ours, which is a parliamentary process, let's continue like that. And if there's anything, we'll always be advised because we are a committee of parliament, will always be advised. That would be my input, Chair. Thanks very much. Thank you very much, uh, Honorable Noxiabe, for, for that input up front. Uh, I now recognize Honorable Annalie Lockett. Thank you very much, Chair, and good afternoon to everyone. Uh, Chairperson, yes, I agree. I think the crisp question we have before us is whether this committee proceeds with its work or not. I have read through the correspondence uh, that was sent to us. I cannot find an impediment to us not proceeding, and I would therefore suggest that we proceed up and until this proceeding is interdicted by a court. Thank you. Thank you, Annalie Rothbard, Honorable Member, followed by Honorable Corney Malver. Good afternoon, Chairperson. Good afternoon, colleagues. Um, yes, indeed, I also did have a look through the documentation, and I've also heard the um, presentation that we've just heard now. Um, I would also suggest that we continue with the process, and um, I just want to add one thing that it, to me it's a bit ironical that the public protector is supposed to look into the misuse of public funds. So I would, I would like to ask the legal department that if we are interdicted and we need to take steps, that they also apply for a cost uh, order in the personal capacity of the public protector and that the public funds should not be misused in this way. Thank you. Thank you, Honourable Member. Points taken. Honourable uh, Sheikh Imam. Uh, thank you. Thank you very much, Chairperson. Yeah. Michael, uh, Chairperson, we've got the legal team for the President and the State Attorney who have given their view, and their view is just that uh, the suspension and things should be put on hold uh, pending this application, which is expected to be put before the 31st and to be heard by the 25th or 26th, I think, of April for the latest. On the other hand, we have the legal team from our side that are saying, no, we must proceed. So I just wanted some clarity, and I know that we are independent processes with nothing to do with each other. But uh, how is it that, you know, we're getting two different uh, 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 legal opinions, uh, 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 you know, and um, uh, what could be the implications of this? Should we proceed? And I'm not saying we must not proceed. Should we proceed? What are the implications, given the fact that there is uh, uh, some kind of agreement between the presidents, uh, the state attorneys, that the documents, if ever, must be filed by the 31st, I think, of this month. Uh, and how would it impact if we had to actually continue? Uh, that's my question. Thank you, Chair. Thank you, Honorable Sheikh Imam, for that question. I now recognize uh, Honorable Brad Hiron. Thank you, Chairperson. Chairperson, um, 
I also agree that the um, the committee should proceed with its work pending the um, um, any decision by the public protector as to whether she wishes to bring an application um, to the High Court to um, interdict us from doing so. But I want to also comment on the so-called festival of, of lawyers' letters. Um, I think it's clear from this festival of lawyers' letters that the environment is um, already hostile and the environment is already potentially toxic and obviously litigious. And in the context of that and in the context of um, some of the rules that we adopted and I and um, and some of the basic rules of fairness. Um, and I refer to a presentation that was given to the committee before I joined the committee, that the golden rules would be constitutional process fairness, which I think includes impartiality and ob objectivity and rationality, that we as members of this committee and the political parties that we represent need to act with some restraint in the public space when it comes to comments we make around this process and what is happening um, as, and what is unfolding. Because I think we, um, when we act and we, we, we make public comments around matters related to this, we can give the impression that we're not coming to this, to this committee impartial, impartially and with objectivity, that we have a predetermined um, outcome and that um, is going to set us up for an endless process of reviews um, and litigation. So I'm really urging that we as um, representatives of political parties and members of this committee do not engage and, and encourage our political parties not to engage in the merits of this matter in the way that we've seen recently, where um, the, the, the role of the public protector and, and perhaps her suspension is now being debated by political parties who are sitting in this committee. And I must urge that we don't contaminate this process any further by suggesting or giving the impression that we're not here objectively and with partiality. Thank you, Chair. Thank you, Honorable uh, Heron. Uh, Honorable Kijiman Skosana. No, uh, thank you very much, uh, uh, Honorable Chair. And uh, greetings. Uh, no, uh, Honourable Chair, thank you very much, and greetings to all honourable members. Yeah, I think um, I'm, I'm sharing the sentiments uh, with other members that, flowing from the previous meeting of February 22nd up to today, I think uh, there are no fundamental changes on our part. Uh, I think that may make us to perhaps uh, reconsider our position as far as the issue of proceeding uh, with this uh, particular inquiry. Uh, from the briefing that we have just received from Mr. Njigela, I think as the committee, we are not uh, interdicted uh, in any way by a court of law from proceeding with uh, uh, the inquiry. So there's nothing that has fundamentally changed. And I think we should not uh, confuse uh, our role as the committee and the role of the president, of the honorable president in this particular matter. Uh, because the issue of whether uh, His Excellency, the president, 
suspend the public protector or does not. It does not directly affect the work of this particular committee because as the committee were not dependent on the suspension of the public protector for us to proceed. As to whether there are agreements between the office of the public protector and the office of the president in relation to the issue of suspension or not, it does not directly affect us. Because in any way, whether uh, the public protector is suspended or not suspended, we are having a different responsibility, which which were given by parliament to have this particular inquiry. It is only on the basis of us being interdicted by the court of law that we can then say, because we are interdicted, so therefore let us halt the process, let us suspend this particular procedure. So the issue of correspondences uh, between the Office of the Public Projector and the President, and as to whether the President is conflicted or not or whatsoever, I think they don't directly affect us as the committee. So I think from where we are sitting, uh, 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 I think there's nothing that, like I indicated, that has fundamentally changed flowing from the previous meeting up to today. So I think we should uh, uh, proceed with our, our work. Thank you very much, Honorable Chair. Thank you, Honorable Gijimanu Spasana, for that contribution. Honorable Zandi Lamajosi. Thank you, Honorable Chairperson. Um, and uh, good afternoon to Honorable Members. Um, maybe uh, I think we are following in the same direction as as all uh, other political parties that um, as we have looked at the response from the senior hall attorneys, though I will not dwell on it too much, but just to say that, uh, that, that that's just a bad lawyering and grasping at straws. But um, uh, the reply from the state attorney's uh, office sets out correctly our position and and that we should follow the advice of the parliamentary legal and the state attorneys and we proceed with the section 194 inquiry unless and until a court orders uh, otherwise i think i'm, I'm supporting that chairperson that that is how we should uh, continue from now on and then up until we we we, we then get a, a court order that says then we must stop or maybe we are not a legitimate structure that must sit and we have stopped before um uh, following those orders uh, that um there were there were, there were uh, assumptions that were not uh, legitimate and so forth and we stopped before and then now getting this advice means that we must continue with our work and finish the mandate that's why we have this inquiry at first thank you chair Thank you very much, Honorable uh, Zandile Manjosi. Honorable Violet Suela, you next, followed by Honorable Machau, and the last speaker will be Honorable Dipua Peters. Uh, thanks, Chairperson. Thank you, Chair. Can you hear me? Yes, go ahead. Go ahead, uh, Honorable Suela. I'm trying to open my video so that you can see me. I can see you. Yeah, Chairperson, thanks. I don't want to waste time here. I'm um, supporting all the comrades who have spoken, including our legal team, that nothing stops us as the portfolio committee to proceed with our work because there is nothing before us uh, which uh, prohibits us to continue. And again, the issue of Festival of Letters, does not affect us because 
as the portfolio committee, we don't have any right to can tell the president what to do and not what to do. We don't have powers to can tell the speaker what to do and not what to do, but we must represent parliament. We must continue with our work. Then our decision will determine the outcome of this matter. But for now, we must just proceed with the process. Thank you, Chairperson. Thank you, Honorable Zuela, Honorable Chandi Samahal. Honorable Tandis Amahau, are you there? Oh, thank you very much, Chairperson. I've got a problem with my video. Am I audible, Chairperson? You can continue if you have a problem with the video. Thank Go you ahead. very much, Chairperson. I would like to get some clarities on the following, Chairperson. I need to be educated. I believe there is a correspondence dated 28 March 2022 from the lawyers of the PP to the chair that is yourself. The letter clearly states that urgent application referred to previously has been set down for 26 April 2022. Also, and very important, the letter says the president has, has agreed. I have listened to the previous speaker and saying that we've got nothing to the decision of, of, of the president. But in terms of Rule 89, when a matter is pending in court, members of parliament should refrain from entertaining the merits of such a matter. I, I, I think I need a clarity from, from that point, Chairperson. Thank you very much. Thank you, Honorable Mahau. Uh, Honorable Dipua Peters. Thank you very much, Chairperson. And like I indicated, I've got a challenge with my video. <clears throat> so I will keep my video off. I also want to thank the legal team for their advice. You are muted. You are muted. Uh... Honorable Dipur, I'm mute Yes, okay. thank you, thank you very much. I was saying, and and thanks the the legal team for their presentation and for your creativity in calling this correspondent back and forth as a festival of letters. But I think I've been aptly covered by Comrade Kizumani, and uh, with regards to the issue of whether the committee or the panelists actually indicate uh, in uh, in uh, in what is it called the one that is being indicted because it is not us who is under a, 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 a court a process so there is no conflict of issues here we are a panel that has been constituted by parliament and we need to do our work up until the matter is served in court and then the committee will make it a, a determination but also our program is clearly indicating and giving the Office of the Public Protector ample time with her legal team to do whatever they need to do. Because if you look at our program, the actual work will start towards the beginning of May and the actual need for the, work, for the engagement with the Public Protector yourself is towards the end of May. So I actually suggest that we continue and, 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 and like Honorable Melda, I'm also concerned about the issue of parliament, the presidency, and uh, 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 the, the public protector's own legal costs because this back and forth, it is very costly. And if the public protector has to protect the public purse, then equally on the parliament side, the president's side, there's over expenditure that is going because this is unforeseen. 
the, the, the way we are going on with this particular back and forth with the public protest. So I support the need for the committee to continue with its work. Thank you, Chair. Uh, thank you very much, uh, honorable members. Uh, those inputs uh, are much appreciated. Perhaps at this stage, I'm going to ask uh, the legal team to respond briefly, and then I will do the overall summary on this item. Person, from, from what I have heard, most members have made comments. There was one question which was asked by Honorable Imam, which I think Honorable Skosana in a way has already answered for us, that the process of suspension in terms of Section 194 is a separate process by a different arm of government. So it does not necessarily impact on the ability of parliament to do what it has to do. You will remember, Chairperson, that that process of suspension, which is a subject of the festival you're referring to, is triggered by the decision of parliament to proceed with the inquiry. So the fact that the presidency or the president may have entered into some kind of an arrangement does not necessarily impact on the ability of parliament to do what it has to do. Even if you read the correspondence, the president is simply saying, I will allow you the time to file your application so that we can finalize it quickly, so that I can be able to make my decision." But if we can't finalize the matter, this kind, this agreement or arrangement will lapse by the 26th. So there's clearly no decision not to make a conclusion on the issue of suspension. But I think out of deference to the judicial processes, the president has decided to give the public protector an opportunity to ventilate and explore whatever possibilities are available to her in terms of the law. But at no stage in the correspondence from what I, I have seen, where the president says he is not going to make a decision, it's a question of when. And they have made it a condition that if we can't agree on the terms, the arrangement lapses and I will be entitled to make my decision. So I think that was the only issue, Chairperson, that came as a question to us that we needed to speak to. But I think these are two separate processes. Suspension is a matter that falls outside the competence of parliament. It is with the president. Parliament has to determine whether there are grounds for the removal of the public protector. Those are two separate things. Rule 89 has been, Chairperson, an issue that has been raised a couple of times. But Rule 89 speaks to the merit of the case that is before court, but is not intended to hamper the ability of Parliament to do its business. If there is a rescission application before the Constitutional Court, it means members of Parliament may not discuss whether there is merit to the application or not. And I don't think Section 194 inquiry 
is about that. 194 is about a different issue. So there is no issue of us speaking about the issue of the merits of the application that is before the constitutional court. But these things tend to be uh, conflated. And I think that is all, Chairperson, that I can say on the issue. Oh, thank you very much, uh, uh, Mr. Njigela. I see there are two insisting hands after I've closed the hands. Maybe before I summarize, I will quickly give those two hands. Honorable Ompile Maudwe and Honorable uh, Mangen Zitlape. No, thank you very much, uh, Chair. Uh, I had raised my hand prior to you giving the opportunity to the legal guy. But thanks for giving me the opportunity. No, Chair, I wanted to say the last time we met, it was before the application to the Concord, uh, the rescission application. And I think we agreed that we're continuing with the work of Parliament based on the fact that at that time, there was no application. There was an intent to apply, an intention to put the application forward. But now we're sitting here and now there is an application. And we're not entertaining that application, which led to this committee continuing with its work. We are now being told about um, an interdict, which interdict intention to interdict came this morning that says, if you continue with the work, then I intend to, inter to interdict uh, your process. So I think all the members who have spoken, they were, spoken, they were speaking on the basis of the intention to interdict, but we all forgot that initially our agreement was that because there's no application to the Concord as yet, we continue, but now that it is here, we're not entertaining that one. So I, I want to suggest that uh, we must not be seen to be uh, trying to rush the process and we must allow the Concord. Uh, I joined in later, but I think I heard the legal uh, guy saying the date of around May, 4th of May or something like that. So I don't think it will really uh, be uh, difficult for us to wait until that uh, Concord has said and the application has been heard and we've got the decision. Uh, that's my um, input, Chair. Thank you. Thank you, Honorable Maudu. Um Honorable Tlape, before I summarize. Uh, thanks, uh, thanks uh, Honorable Chair. I think I've been represented by honorable members that are saying that we have in the intention there's nothing before this committee. And I therefore support chair the notion that let's move on with uh, what we're supposed to deal with because our terms of reference are different and they have nothing to do with other processes that are happening between people. So I'm in support. Uh, Proceed and we'll see. Thanks. Thank you, Honorable Marukete Tlape, for that. That was the last speaker. Colleagues, just as I summarize this item so that we get to the next item, uh, perhaps let me just take you back to the 22nd of February uh, in our last meeting. You would remember that we would report it in that meeting that a day before and in that morning, we, we, we got more than one letter from the public protector asking us not to convene that meeting uh, and, and asking us 
to stop everything that we're doing. And, 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 and the justification in the letter was that she was intending then, on the 22nd of February, that in 10 to 15 days, she was going to apply for this rescission application, which she eventually did on the 11th, 19 days later. And, 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 and we, we, we decided in our wisdom that we're proceeding uh, regardless. I think the issue that we raised then that we must repeat here today, and many speakers have indicated from speaker number one, have indicated that matter, that there is no legal impediment uh, for us not to proceed. The, the rescission application does not suspend this process on its own at all. We have no legal pause because there's a rescission application. If we were to pause, it would have been at our own volition. We would have decided for various reasons, but not on the basis of the application to the Constitutional Court to review and rescind its own decision. And so, so I think the matter must be clarified firmly and properly, colleagues, uh, that as Honorable Skosana said, nothing then on the 22nd and today has changed except a request uh, uh, to, to, to appeal to ourselves to stop. But we don't have a legal uh, impediment uh, to do that. I, I thought I must just explain and clarify that. And, and obviously, as we, as we approach and, and, and journey in this process based on our, our roadmap, we'll be live to any issues that come. Honorable Majosi made the point already that when there was such an interdict, we paused in respect of that. Uh, and that was the 28th of July, and we had a long pause until the 22nd of February, after the Constitutional Court had made a judgment on the 4th of February. And we immediately within the same month decided this matter is urgent. Any delay on this matter is not going to be fair to that Office of the Public Protector South Africa, and the public protector itself. And so the speed with which we move without rushing anything is as important as attending to the details of this matter. Because if we delay this indefinitely, we have an elastic kind of a, 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 a timeline, it is going to uh, affect whether you have a fair and rational process in that regard. I thought I must, I must make that colleagues as a summary as we wrap up this matter and we're wrapping up this matter having listened to all of you that we're moving in full steam we're proceeding with our work we we we, we have milestones we're set ourselves we're mindful of things that are happening and we're very clear that this process is the trigger of everything else there would never have been a suspension if there was no parliamentary process that were part of. And the suspension, because we, again, what is going to the Constitutional Court is the issue of separation of powers. National Assembly has nothing to do with the suspension. Uh, and and that's, that's a power vested uh, with, with the president. Ours is to deal uh, with this investigation, make findings, make recommendations, and give reasons to that.
So I, I, I pose their colleagues on this item and I ask that uh, we get to the next item and get a report on, on how far the procurement process has gone in relation to uh, sourcing out the external expert. And that will give us uh, a sense about uh, evidence leader uh, and so on. So in that regard, I'm going to ask uh, uh, Mr. Fatima Ibrahim to take us through. Thank you. Um, thank you very much, um, Chair, and good afternoon to yourself um, and the honorable members. Uh, Chair, if you will allow me, I just want to do a quick recap on what our terms of reference said um, in respect of the role of the evidence leader. Um, firstly, and, and that's all contained in section five, if members want to have a look. Firstly, that the inquiry is inquisitorial in nature and the evidence leader does not act as the prosecutor. Uh, next, the role of the evidence leader is limited to presenting the evidence and putting questions to the PP or other witnesses with the aim of empowering the committee to assess the merits um, of the charges in the motion. So as such, the evidence leader is not a decision maker in this process. Lastly, the use of the evidence leader will in no way limit or impede um, members from their right to put questions of substance or clarity to any witnesses um, in the exercise of the um, oversight function. Uh, Chair, with this in mind, we commence the process of procuring the evidence leader as per our instructions at the last meeting. Uh, this process is done via the Office of the uh, State Attorney, and I can confirm that two appointments have been made, Chair. The first being Advocate Nazreen Bauer, who is the senior counsel uh, based at the Cape Bar and will, lead, um, will be the lead evidence leader. And she will be supported by Advocate uh, Numisa Mayosi, um, who will also assist in the leading of evidence. Members will recall from our last briefing that we had mentioned um, that there's quite a substantial amount of uh, documents in this matter. The record was um, over 9,000 pages, and that excluded the uh, panel report and also the further um, evidence that may accumulated that may be accumulated in the weeks to come. And also that there were four charges and multiple um, subcharges. Uh, so it was necessary for us, therefore, to uh, procure more than one person to assist us in this um, matter. Um, Chair Advocate Bauer, as I mentioned, is a member of the Cape Bar and she has been for the last 24 years. Um, prior to this, she served as a clerk at the Constitutional Court um, and was appointed as a senior, uh, a senior counsel in 2015. She has extensive experience in uh, constitutional law matters and notably chair um, experience as an evidence leader. She led evidence in the Kailicha Commission of Inquiry um, into allegations of police inefficiency and was also evidence leader in the Mahoro Inquiry, which members may recall um, looked into the fitness um, of advocates Jiba and Mahwebi to hold the Office of Deputy National Director of Public Prosecutions and Special Director of Public Prosecutions, respectively. Um, then, as far as Advocate Mayosi is concerned, she too is a member of the Cape Bar and took chambers in 2007. Similarly, also has extensive um, experience in public and constitutional law and has served as an initiator for um, South African Rugby Union, as well as for Parliament's Power and Privileges um, Committee. She has also served as the chairperson of the Eastern Cape Gambling Board. Um, Chair, both of these um, councils have had illustrious careers and very impressive CVs, but I'm not going to take members through that in any more detail. Suffice to say that if any members 
uh, want a copy of the CVs, those can be um, provided. Um, to, to date, we provided the evidence leaders with all the um, information relevant with the entire um, record, and they are now in the process of preparing for the for the hearing and de to determine um, issues such as whether any witnesses will be called. Also, as I indicated in my last presentation, one of the other things that we would have to do with the evidence leaders is to determine uh, the finer details as we go to the, the formatting of the questions and whether there are some matters that we can um, deal with on the papers rather than having to lead testimony. So that is where we, where we are, Chair. Um, we will continue to, to consult um, with Council in the weeks um, to come. Uh, but apart from that, there is, there is no other issues related to the procurement. We are 100% ready to proceed, Chair. Thank you. Thank you. Just before you step off, is is there is there any harm uh, instead of uh, letting members ask? Is there any harm for you to share those uh, profiles and, and, and CDs of these 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 two uh, councils uh, so that we 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 we, we understand familiarize ourselves with who we're dealing with here? Um, no problem, Chair. I'll ask the committee secretary to send that out after the meeting. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, colleagues, honorable members, any comment, question uh, on that presentation? Very precise, uh, but uh, uh, giving us a report that uh, our first milestone as part of the, the terms of reference and the committee program, there's delivery today. That today we have uh, appointed uh, out of the procurement uh, through the office of the uh, state attorney, we do now have uh, the evidence leader, uh, a team of two. Any comments or questions on that? If none. Chairperson. Uh, okay, I see a hand of Honorable Brett Heron. And then I will come to you. Chairperson, I can't hear you. Myself, I can't hear you. You can't hear me. Chair, you are audible. I think maybe it's a, it, it will be a challenge that, that, that comes from those members' side, but you are audible. Thank you. Fine. I've noted Honorable Brad Heron and Honorable Depot Peters. Uh, thank you, Chairperson. Just briefly to um, not, not to dwell on the point, but to welcome the, um, the presentation and the recommendations. I think both there's no reason to object to any either of those um, um, evidence leaders, uh, competent um, members of the legal profession, and so I suggest that we um, support this and move on. Thank you. Well, you move that we agree on this uh, team of evidence leaders, Honourable Bradheran. Uh, I take it that's what you are suggesting. Thank you, Honourable Dipua Peters. I'm raising my hand, Chairperson, to, to support the proposal that we accept the names of the two advocates as uh, evidence leaders. And this, the, 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 I didn't hear what uh, it was said. Is Nezrin and Numi Samajosi, is Nezrin male or female? Thank you, uh -huh. Chair. Just, just that point. Is, is, is Advocate Nazrin Bawa, Senior Counsel, who is a woman, uh, to work together with uh, 
Advocate Nomisa Mayosi, also a woman. Thank you, Chair. I support. Thank you, Honorable uh, Peters. Honorable uh, uh, Siwela, followed by Honorable Kijimani Skosa. Uh, Chairperson, I, I want to join the other colleagues by supporting the names presented before us that they assist us as evidence leaders. Thank you. Thank you, Honorable Siwela. Honorable Kijimani Skosan. Yeah, no. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, no, I join the other members in welcoming this report and accepting the names of the two evidence leaders. Uh, anyway, this is a pure administration process. I think as politicians, there's nothing that we can do with it, but uh, we hope and believe that they will uh, assist us. So we really appreciate that. Thank you very much. Thank you, Honorable Pijamani uh, Spasani, Sabulela. Uh, with that, honorable members, it's agreed that uh, these are our evidence leaders, uh, led by Senior Counsel Nazarene Bauer, as well as uh, Advocate Melissa Mayosi. As, as promised, all colleagues and members will be shared with their profiles and resumes and the type of work they've done as they get into uh, this type of, of, of work. Uh, remember that, uh, again, as the next milestone from the 30th of March to the 30th of April, they are going to get busy uh, in that regard to do their own work uh, uh, as we agreed and adopted uh, that, that committee work. With that, colleagues, I step off that item. Um, and perhaps before I, 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 I wrap up, I had made a point before about the minutes and I was corrected that no minutes were not sent to members, so I'm not going to deal with that item. But perhaps before I close the meeting, I see the hand of uh, Honorable Vuyo Zumbola. Uh, th thank you, Chair. Um, you will forgive me, Chair. Um, I was held up in another meeting, so I may have missed the earlier parts of the proceedings. What I wanted um, to be registered from the ATM um, is that we believe that the proceedings of this committee uh, must be suspended until the court proceedings are um, effectively completed. Um, you would note, Chair, that even the president had to suspend any intention from his side to suspend um, the, the public protector simply because the matter is before the courts. Therefore, it makes no sense that we or this committee would proceed um, um, you know, on a matter that is before the courts, as you would know, Chair, much better than me, that when anything is before the courts, it is care. Therefore, it does not make sense for us to, to, to proceed. So I wanted um, you as uh, the chairperson in the committee to note and register our objective, our objection as the ATM. Thank you. Thank you, Honorable Zungula. The point was raised before we have dispensed with that matter uh, and, and is completed. However, your point is registered, is noted as part of this meeting in terms of registering uh, uh, that point that, that you're registering. Uh, Honorable uh, Maute. Yeah, no, Chair. Uh, I raised it, my hand because you were saying you are closing the meeting. So I just wanted to say, um, yes, I did make the point earlier on. 
and you, you, you responded to it. But I want it to be recorded that as the EFF, we oppose the continuation of the committee whilst the, the matter is still in court. And we still maintain that uh, the last time we agreed was because there was no application before the court. Now there is an application. And it, 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 and you, right now you just um, reminded us that our program between now and April is going to be very hectic. So we're actually prejudicing the PP because by the time the matter is heard in the court in May, we would have long proceeded with a lot of activities that, I mean, right now we just appointed the, 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 the evidence leader and all the other posts that are going to follow after that. So it, 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 it will seem to be a prejudice on the side of the PP as we are continuing and as, 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 the matter is still in court. So I don't know why we are in a hurry. So we just want to register that as the EFF, we object, we oppose to this. Let's wait for the court to make a final ruling. Thank you very much. Thank you, Honorable Mautwe. Your objection is noted as I have uh, made the same point to Honorable Zungula that the matter was discussed today here and has been dispensed of. Honorable Nalda followed by Honorable Mautwe, then the last hand will be Honorable Shakote. Yes, thank you, Chairperson. Now, you're correct. We have dealt with these issues, but I don't think we can just leave it there in that sense. The proceedings of Parliament can't just be stopped because everything is going to court. Parliament is the highest legislative authority in this country. And if I say that, I absolutely agree with what Honorable Herring said earlier. This is nobody's taking any position in terms of this way or the other way. We are talking about the process and the role that Parliament needs to play. And then perhaps we should at some stage talk about the subjudicate rule also because the interpretation of that is also not correct. Thank you. Thank you, Honorable Melda. Honorable Anneli Lautrecht. Thank you, Chairperson. Yes, I also want to concur with the fact that uh, we will have to discuss what subjudicate actually means, specifically in this context. And then I also want to refer to what um, Mr. Njikela said, where he addressed the issue of, um, which refers to Honorable Maotwe's point, um, and that is that the whole rescission decision is that we are not going to look into the actual merits of that precision application, but that we will be proceeding with our process and our investigation. Thank you. Thank you, Honourable. Last uh, uh, comment from Honourable Doris Lahute and thanks for coming in. We have received your apology. Thank you for your commitment. Thank you very much, uh, Honourable Chairperson. Good afternoon. Honourable Chairperson, I want to support the colleagues that are saying that we proceed with the processes of parliament. As of now, there is no interdiction to the, to the processes of this committee. So we will proceed with the process of, com of this committee. And we, while we note the objection of the other uh, colleagues in this matter. So it's a clear process, honorable, uh, the, 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 the gentleman from the legal unit explains at length the processes to be followed. So that is what we are going to do as parliament. Nothing is stopping us. And I support the colleagues who are saying that the issue of subjudicial sub rule must be explained at length so that we are all in, in the same understanding. Thank you very much, Honorable Chair. Thank you, Honorable Lagode. That was the last hand, but I see another hand. Chair, I can't hear you, and I want to come in. I've been raising my hand. 
Everybody else can hear me. You might have a problem in your system. Uh, I've recognized your hand. Go ahead. Go ahead, honorable member. It seems to be frozen. Honorable Julius Malema, go ahead. We have lost him. Honorable members, those with the last hands, uh, I think uh, the, 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 the yeah. contribution have been yeah. very colleagues. Apologies, Chair. Honorable yeah. Malema, yes. Yes. Honorable Malema is asking that you give him a minute. He's just moving away to try to get a signal, if you don't mind, Chair. He's back. Thank you. Chair? I can hear you, Honorable Malema. Go ahead. No, Chair, I'm just pleading that, uh, you know, I've been listening to uh, other members. I, I think that if we want this process to be a respectable process, and that uh, we are not projected as if we are pursuing a certain agendas except to arrive at what is really uh, the objective of this committee. The, surely the most acceptable thing to do will be to give the constitutional court process uh, an a chance to proceed uh, with the hope that the constitutional court will resolve this matter uh, quick. And once that is done, we can proceed. We are really not uh, in a hurry to, to arrive at achieving justice because that which we are going to establish here is going to be a very serious precedence for those who are coming after this uh, uh, current uh, uh, PP. So I know that it, it, we might hold different views and the majority might be feeling differently but Chair, we must not be seen to be impatient. We must, uh, if it, you know, it means giving her a long rope, let it be. But we, we must be that type of a committee that has accommodated her and has accommodated all types of concerns. And we move as, as a collective so that whatever we, at the end of the day, agree to. It's a collective wisdom that was not driven by uh, political agendas or other agendas that are not known to us, but the agenda to make sure that we, uh, if, if, if we may, restore the integrity of the office of the public protector. So uh, I am I, pleading, Chair, that we really look into this matter because in the past, like Honorable uh, Maudre said, there was no challenge and we agreed to proceed in a manner we did. Now there is a challenge. The president himself has said, okay, I hear you. I'll give this uh, a process a chance uh, and therefore make my decision once uh, this process has come to its uh, a conclusion. If the president can do that, why can't we do the same? Because we seek to arrive at what is good for the institution and our constitution. That, that's my submission, Chair. Uh, thank you very much, Honorable Malema, for that submission. Uh, well made. Uh, I'm, going, I'm not going to take the following hands, colleagues. 
attempt to make the point that nothing that we're doing here today is illegal. We, we have embarked on a constitutional process uh, of this inquiry. We have done this before. When this process, there was a very clear uh, legal matter placed in front of us in the form of an interdict, we paused our work. And members were very clear from start up until now uh, in terms of the reasoning that if we, we, we decide to, to hold, it would be for different reasons. Otherwise, you have the National Assembly doing its work, which it is required constitutionally to do in terms of Section 194. And that, that's what we're doing. And as part of that section, the president is dealing with a different matter altogether. Subsection 3A, which deals with suspension that we have nothing to do with because there's separation of powers that we must always respect as part of this constitutional uh, process that we've, that we've embarked on. So there's nothing that we are doing today that, that, is, that is putting a dent onto this process. And in fact, we've made it earlier on that we can't just uh, embark on, on delays that are not justifiable legally and in any other way. And any delay is to not be put for that office of the public protector South Africa. With that colleagues, I want to pause there and not go to take the other two hands that were raised and, 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 and then indicate to you that this is where we end our meeting today. On that note, and, and therefore- Please note, please note the objection of the EFF uh, because we don't think this is constitutional. I have already noted it when it was raised by Honorable Maotwe. Thank you very much. Thank you, colleagues. Thank you very much for your time and your patience and your contribution in this meeting. The meeting is adjourned. Thank you, Chair. Thanks, Thank you, Chair. 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 Thank you, Chair.